Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for your goodness in this place. Thank you for the Spirit of God that leads us to understand who we are and what you created. And I pray, Lord, that today would be a day of blessing in the house of God with the people of God listening to the Word of God. Lord, remove anything that is dis, uh, that disparages and diminishes what you say in your Word. Let your Word resound in the temple and let the hearts of your people be welcoming and receptive to your Word that we not sin against you, that, that we not err. We pray that you prosper your word in our hearts and allow your word to be a good seed planted in good hearts that would produce good fruit, Lord. Fruit that glorifies you, a harvest great in your glory filling the earth, Lord. Thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the people of God who live out your truth, Lord. I pray, Father God, that when you come back, you'll have no um, no loss and being able to identify those that belong to you lord those who love your word and those who obey it we glorify you we pray that you would forgive our sins that you would surround us with your tender mercies and cover us with your blood lord that no weapon formed against your people should prosper lord and you be glorified lord through our lives through our words through our attitudes so that we might live in peace and joy according to your purpose in jesus name we pray amen and amen so we tried to come up with this spiritual pathogens, which are the things that come to disparage um, the, the healthiness of uh, what God intended in our lives. Um, the, the word pathogens is, is probably known more today than it was when I was growing up. Um, the only reason why this word is, is significant to me particularly is my dad, as a medical doctor, had a specialty, and his specialty was pathology. He was a pathologist. And a pathologist is an important person in the medical field because a pathologist, uh, the word pathos coming from things that are abnormal, uh, the pathos, the, the person who is a psychopath, he's mentally abnormal, sociopath, a person who is relationally uh, not healthy. He's, he's not walking sociably like he should. Um, psychopath thinking like he should. A pathologist, uh, the study of abnormal cells in the, in the body. So when anybody, a man, woman, child, would go into surgery the surgeon would go in there and grab a particular part of the tissue as he opened up the body and he would work on any particular part of the inside of the body and they would cut a piece and extract some tissue and send it to my father. And my father was waiting in a room back in the hospital and all these tissues and all these elements are coming before him and he's studying not the grandose effect of the entire organ but the small cells that are not seen with the eye so microscopic uh, portions and 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 cells to determine take that out because it's going to destroy the body or this is what it is and the course of treatment would follow 
from his determination. So here we are in a church, and we have a healthy church, a healthy church because there are men who love God and women who love God and young people that love God. Uh, yesterday, Pastor Kenny was speaking with the young people and setting them the course of responsibility, uh, knowing that they be responsive uh, to carry uh, the, res the, the, the things that life uh, uh, gives them as their portion of attention. Um, so I, well, I wanted to touch upon, we're not going to wait to see the effects of the obvious people that are living not a lifestyle but a death style. Their, their thoughts are not consistent with, with beneficial uh, expressions. Um, way before you have a good marriage, you need a man and a woman who is single that has healthy thoughts about marriage. If you have a young man who goes into marriage with pornographic baggage, uh, you, you know that I'm a, an attorney, and, and many of the marriages that ended up in divorce, the, the woman would say, way before I met him, he, he was addicted to pornography. He had something in his life that was disgusting. And that was the corruption of our marriage. So the, the pathogens, um, the abnormal things that are unseen, we're not talking now about uh, physical cells, we're talking about the spiritual expressions of abnormal things. And we do well to bring those things to the light. And we're going to talk about how that's done um, through the pathway of confession. That, that confession, even though many of us come from the Catholic Church, where we used to confess before we went and took the Eucharist, before we did communion, you had to confess. Well, Maybe the Christian church didn't understand that even though that was a strong part of an institution, that the practice of confession is actually a biblical reality that brings healing. James chapter 5, verse 16, he says, make sure that you confess your sins to one another. Bring things out to the light. Don't, don't keep these things hidden because they're destructive. And when you're bringing them out to the light, pray for one another that healing might come. So we know that, that God is not concerned about pathogens. Um, the issue is when they're not brought out to the light and healed. And so confession is the pathway to allow this to take place. Um, the the capacity of pathogens to keep in darkness is their key to success. If you keep things in a secret place where they're not seen, they tend to have greater damage down the road. One of the, the verses that we talk about a lot and you should bring into your spiritual lingo is Songs of Solomon 2.15 where it says, capture Make sure that these small things, that they don't look, they're, they're very significant. Catch these foxes. Foxes are known as uh, stealthful animals. 
they 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 take chickens and they they kill the crops way before you're able to find them so catch these things the little foxes that spoil the vine for our vine have tender grapes if they're not defended and protected against the pest surely the harvest is damaged and then we see ruin at the end of the harvest time so lord teach us how to identify these hidden small uh microscopic many times things that that are unnoticeable that are bringing damage um i call these things these pathogens spiritually things that are pondered by the heart way before a girl comes out and says i'm i'm not going to walk as a, a woman i'm going i'm going to be the man in the relationship i'm going to go find a woman and we will be in this um same sex relationship way before that happens there are things that are taking place in the heart and and if these things are not captured if they're not revealed if they're not confessed if spiritual health does not come in then the destruction befalls one of the verses that i always look at to see these things is isaiah 14:12 the beginning before anybody fell up in the heavens um the question was said how you have fallen from heaven lucifer this archangel which was the seal of perfection the intended created um uh purpose of this angel was to be a prominent part of god's creation and he says how you're cut down to the ground you who weakened the nations that means you were strong you had the power to to defend the cause of god over the nations and now you have fallen from that place and it says why in verse 13 because you said in your heart for you have said in your heart and and i want to say that that that's that's where health can happen if you're able to bring the matters of your heart before healthy man a leader a healthy woman a a mother in the faith oh what a blessing it is to stand before fathers um i i know that my three boys and and also my daughter um they come into my room they they happen to have conversation with me i'm sitting in the living room and they'll sit down i'll sit in my bed and they'll come and they'll open up their heart and and all the concerns of life come and i'm able to say hey that's not yours that that doesn't belong to you god would not do that this is the way god and be able to speak into their life so that they could begin to order their steps according to the thoughts of god um here satan had said in his heart i'm going to lift myself up i'm going to be somebody um one one of the the saddest expressions of this taking place is that a lot of these thoughts are had anywhere from ages 6 to age 14 and you you see that the devil has been able to sculpture 
into the heart of man and women various concepts that become concrete truth. It says that the concrete is wet in the earlier years. That means it could be formed right. But once that concrete dries, it's super hard to change. And so you're not going to be able to change something um, in the older years. It's the younger years that you're able to form the, the thoughts of man. Here, the fall of Satan was that he said in his heart, now you go figure how this, this angel that was the perfection of everything God created to man the post deviated and he began to think different. I will ascend. I will exalt. I will sit. He was filled with I will. His, his desire where Jesus says not my will. He says not the way that, that I'm seeing things, not the way I feel, not the way I want. So the expressions of getting rid of pathogens is lining up, and that's what you do in confession. In confession, you're saying, Lord, I'm wrong and you're right. And it's important to bring it out to the light and, and, and do it in a physical realm in the times that the devil has stealthily come against me with, with thoughts in my brain that are twisted and not similar to God's thoughts, I've been able to go to a spiritual leader and say, look, this is the thought the devil's put in my brain, and I know it's contrary to God. I want to shoot it down by saying it's wrong, and I want to do what's right. And to be able to do that, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of wanting to beat up the devil in his plan to destroy. Why? Because he deals in the secret stealth of darkness. And light is what exposes him to be able to stop his work in our lives. It's there that, that the devil is destroyed. Um, Proverbs 23, 7, I believe it says, as a man thinks in his heart, as way before it comes out in words and in deed, as he thinks in his heart, so is he, the Bible says. And... And so we have to be careful with the stealthful things. I want to say that a lot of parents are, this is, this is the declaration, well, I never knew my child X or Y. Well, I never knew he was killing lizards and cats in the backyard and became a serial murderer um, because there were things unaddressed in the life of that child way before the expressions of regret that, that require discipline. Uh, Isaiah 29, 15 has one of those verses that tells us, Woe to those who seek deep to hide their heart's counsel far from the Lord. Do you know people that they think no one's watching them? And, and they think that they're flying under the radar and, and they're not picked up. Let me tell you something. You are severely deceived if you think that you, every thought is, is open and born uh, revealed before our God. He, he knows you, you cannot be conniving behind the scenes. Uh, your sin will find you out 
the, the, the distortions of thoughts corrupted way before you act upon them uh, have been revealed. And God is, 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 God is saying that, that he comes against that type of people. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel. Um, recently, some of the church leaders came up to me and they were upset. Pastor, why, why would you not address this and, and, and come against it openly and, and rebuke them and make them a public spectacle? I said, I don't have to do any of that. Everything that's done in secret is going to be made visible. See, see, the fool doesn't know that, that his foolishness will catch up and expose him. And, and so it's foolish for us to think that we're going to keep something secret. Um, in this particular instance, he says that it's not going to go well with those who seek to hide their sin far from the Lord and their works are in dark. They say, who sees us and who will figure us out? You're deceiving yourself. Because your, 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 your life will, will bring out whatever that distortion, the pathogen will soon be revealed. I was watching yesterday the news, um, this thing with the monkey pox. And everybody's like, well, who gets the monkey pox? Well, guess what? The individuals that are doing things inappropriate get the monkey pox. And the symptomology revealed in their flesh shows that they got it. So they think that they're doing things in secret and there's no judgment. Guess what? There is judgment. It will be revealed. It will be manifest. So those of us that are concerned are saying, Lord, I don't want to walk in darkness saying no one sees me. I want to be in agreement that you see me and that what's going on, not in my actions, but that my thoughts and the meditation of my heart, the psalmist says, be pleasurable to you, that, that you, you give me this sign that I'm doing well in my secret life because that is the secret of what is going to be expressed in my physical life um, let's go to this passage here in Psalm 50 where God actually lines up his thoughts to call the attention to one of these people that thinks that God hasn't done anything because he's in agreement with them. And God says, no, because I have kept silent doesn't mean I'm in agreement with you. Um, verse 16, Psalm 50. But to the wicked. Every time the Bible has this word, um, I, I question myself, well, who is the wicked? And... My Bible says that the fool works wickedness. So you don't have to think that you're a sinister rapist and killer to be wicked. You just have to not align your thoughts with God's thoughts. 
and he considers you wicked. The word wicked means twisted, that you're not thinking like God wants you to think. And so I, I've seen this week, I, I heard one of these uh, one of these rappers, they go like this. They say, um, I know that my life doesn't please God. I know I'm going to hell, but I'm going to make the best run for it anyways. In other words, I'm going to fight God all the way. And, and that's wickedness. That's, that's a thought because God calls that person to repent, which is to turn around and walk different. So to the wicked, God says, what right have you to declare my statutes? Don't, you don't have my promises if you're not walking in my ways. Or how do you take my covenant in your mouth? Oh, Lord, uh, the, the favorite verse of all time. Um, I know the plans that you have for me, plans of blessing. No, not if you're wicked. Not if you're disobedient and rebellious. Don't take my laws in your mouth. You have no right to declare my promises. He's talking to the wicked. Don't walk contrary to what I say and think you're going to have my promises. Verse 17, he says like this, seeing you hated instruction. And so you could see that a, a wicked person, when, when he's told what to do, he does the opposite. When he's being told how to build his life, he's not walking in instruction. He's walking in destruction. And you cast my words behind you. These are all um, the, the evidence of wicked people. They don't like instruction and they despise the word of God. They, they, don't, let it, they don't let it lead their steps. They, they throw it, they cast it behind them. Like, I don't need this. I'm going to do my own thing. Verse 18, he says, when you saw a thief, you consented with him. You went into agreement and have been a partaker with the people that are cheating on their wives. Um, this program, Cheaters, that is on TV now, shows how crazy it is. Uh, episode of Cheaters. They're following a man He's cheating on his wife. They confront the man and they say, sir, we've seen you with this woman. And, and they, she says, yeah, um, I had a child with her so that I have a relationship with her. And then in the same episode, they tell the woman and you don't get away either. Because we know that you don't only have a relationship with him. We saw you with someone else. So the cheater was cheating with a cheater. And so none of them knew. And, and that's what's happening when, when you enter into darkness. You, you, you start participating with the climate of craziness. Uh, verse 19 continues, God is dealing with this. You give your mouth to evil, your tongue frames deceit. You're not in agreement with me. You're speaking words contrary to my intention. Verse 20, um, God is seeing everything you sit and speak against. Your brother, you slander your own mother's son. Talking about disparaging the family. Uh, this is insane. There's nothing that God hates more than a disagreement between family members. He hates divorce. He wants them to get in agreement, not in disagreement. He wants them to, to get on the same page. Verse 21, you were doing things that you knew I hated he says, these things you have done, and I was silent. I kept silent. God did not hit you with a lightning bolt. He just watched you doing all these things, 
and you thought that God was altogether like you. He says, you thought I was altogether like you, but I'm going to call your attention, set these things in order. Make sure that you start putting your secret life in order. No one's going to tell you. No one's going to address it. It's just, it's just something that, that is not pleasurable in the sight of God. And then he says, verse 22, if you don't set them in order, if you forget that God is in the realm of the invisible, if you forget this, lest I tear you into pieces and there be none to heal you. The, the whole aspect of sin is a disintegration of who you are and everything you are a part of. How do you have a healthy marriage? It takes a healthy man. It takes a healthy woman. A, a lot of the women says, I'm out of this relationship because he's, he is a mess. And I tell them, look, I know a way to make your marriage 50% better with one decision. A 50% improvement in anything is huge, which is you do what God has called you to do. You be the woman God wants you to be and let God take care of the other 50%. If you're a husband, you do what God, what Jesus would do, and you would have healed the marriage 50%. And then let God work on the other side of the equation. But he says, since you have not put these things in order, I will tear to you to pieces, and there'll be none to rescue you. Verse 23, he says, whoever offers praise and glorifies me, whoever lines up their life, addresses these things, to him who orders his conduct in a right manner, I'm going to show salvation. I'm going to show my intervention. And I've said that over the years to many people who have come for a divorce in my law office. I said, you do your part and watch God do his. You do, you, you just concentrate on you and, and get your life, get your secret life, get your thoughts in the right order and then watch God move in a manner, a, a manner that's going to really be powerful. Matthew 10, 26, the concept is that we do nothing that is hidden. There is nothing covered that will not be revealed. So way before things have gone in a manner that is destructive or out of order, there's hidden things. And these hidden things that exist that will not be known, verse 27, whatever I tell you in dark, but I've never tell you in secret, speak in the light. Bring, bring things out to the light. Um, th there's people over the years you know and I know, and, and we don't have to say it. Uh, people that says, oh, don't let the pastor find out. Listen, God is going to reveal everything. And, and, and the not letting people that would address the problem understand and find out is part of the far extent of the equation. Whatever is spoken in secret, bring out to the light. Whatever you hear in the ear, preach it on the housetops. 
um, the, the way the devil causes us to fear and to uh, withdraw and, 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 and to hide things just makes his work stronger and gives them a strong, what the Bible calls a stronghold. Uh, it's like a, it's, it's like a, um, a castle, a fortress that, that fights the truth of God. If you bring it out to the light, you unmask him and he's not able to proceed. And there in Matthew 15, 18, um, they were always looking at the physical aspects of not washing their hands and uh, not resting in the Sabbath. And Jesus came and he says, listen, um, those things which come out of the heart are the things that mess up men. It's not the exterior. Uh, it's, it's not the, the physical things that are seen, but it's the things that are unseen. Verse 19, out of the heart are, proceeds those evil expressions that lead to murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, and blasphemies. Um, verse 20, these are the things which hinder a man, defile a man, dirty a man. But to eat with his unwashed hand does not defile a man. So he was addressing these things. And, and this morning, way before our young girls grow up, uh, we need to address these things. Um, I'll tell you that it, it's stealthily hidden in video games, in cartoons. Um, a lot of the, the cultural things that are out there um, are not telling you what is the substance of those things that are coming in. Um, I, I want to talk about this because it's just one illustration of how the devil works stealthily. Uh, in this generation and even in past generations, there's been a cult to the unicorn. The unicorn, um, a horse with, with that, that center, uh, I guess, I don't know what to call it, a bone, an antler. A horn, uh, and and people are mesmerized. And if you go home today, you'll find out that in your daughter's room and your son's room, there's all manner of expressions of a rainbow unicorn, and, and they're tying beauty into things that don't exist. All all that to say that God did not create a unicorn. God could have created a unicorn. He he's created things that are wonderful. I've seen. Uh, the closest thing to a unicorn, and the Bible talks about it, is the rhinoceros. Because it has that big horn out. But he didn't create a horse with wings that flies and has a unicorn. That's a fanciful expression of mythology of things that are not. And, and it really is a rebellion against God's creation. Because you created something that is not created, and that happens to be your favorite animal. Now, I have the question, how could your favorite animal be that which God did not create? You must be coming out of God's real creation where you could celebrate all things he did create to celebrate something he didn't create. So now you've opened up a world that doesn't exist in the light of his kingdom. And every night, your daughter and your son has that unicorn as a reminder of living in a world where God is not present. My, my suggestion to you today is to go home 
and everything that's a unicorn at your house and in your daughter and son's room, your grandson's house, and destroy those things because it opens up a world where God is not the God of that kingdom. It opens up a world, and, and I, I saw it, um, it was hilarious. We, we had been preaching to a cousin of mine for years. We were like witnessing to her, witnessing to her, witnessing to her for over 30 years. And all of a sudden, I get on social media, and she was rejecting the gospel, rejecting the gospel. And on her social media, she was inviting her friends and community to a park to chant, to stargaze, and to witchcraft. And my cousin's a witch. I didn't know that. She was into deep spiritual expressions of darkness while the whole time she's trying to act like an intellect that she doesn't need spirituality, religion, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, She's embracing deep darkness in crystals and in that world of mystical witchcraft. Um, so long before we see these witches expressed in a spiritual rottenness of destruction, there, there is little things, uh, the crystals, the beads, the special expressions of, of our identity outside of Christ. Here, these things that are, are inward are the ones that defile men, not the things that are outward. So it, it makes it very difficult for us to be able to champion um, a life in Christ when things are being hidden. Um, there in Psalm 30, 32, uh, verse 3, it has an expression, when you keep silent. When, when you let these things continue to flow and nobody's addressing them, like this is the first time in, 30, in 38 years, well, 24 that I've been a pastor of this church, that I've ever talked about the unicorn. And people are like, Pastor, that's kind of too late. My, my, my daughter's 38 and she loves unicorns. Well, I'm sad for you that, that these things secretly came and devoured your vineyard. And, and there's a whole thought pattern behind these expressions, just like those big marshmallow balls that come in different character modes. Um, let, let your son have spiritual heroes of the faith. Don't go out of your way to get him a, a King David, a, an expression of Daniel, an expression of Joseph, the prince of Egypt. Start, saturate him with biblical heroes and not fanciful marshmallow balls that, that have all sorts of expression, none of which are biblical, none of which are going to lead him in a proper mindset. Um, as I kept silent, my bones grew old. As I didn't talk about these things and expose them, and, and sometimes, you know, I see things and I'm, I want to, Call them out, but I'm always calling them out. Could somebody else call them out? So I'm not the only one that calls them out, but I'm the pastor, so I'm going to call them out. Um, and if they're not called out, they continue like bacteria to grow in the crevices of darkness until the mold is all over the house. I, I would think that, that Manny, who 
who builds homes and restores them and repairs them, if he goes into his house and he finds evidence of mold, he doesn't say, well, I'm not going to tell him anything because um, then I, I come across of causing all these. No, we, we must call out the hidden secret things that later on grow. And, and look what it says there in verse 4. Day and night, the hand of God was heavy upon me and my moisture is turned into drought. I'm, I'm, I'm losing strength here um, because my sin has not been covered. Verse 1, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is washed. The Lord bringing sin out to the light allows you to wash and to erase that work. There in verse 5, when I acknowledged my sin to you and those things that were in my heart, I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord. You were able to forgive my iniquity and my sin. You were able to bring chloride. Uh, yesterday we went by Pastor Javi's house to take him some donuts. And he says, come, I'm I'm in the pool. I said, okay, I'm going to go in the pool because I know that COVID doesn't like chlorine. So we took a dab in his pool. Well, guess what? Once you confess your sin, the devil cannot continue to infect you with greater strength in that area. So again, the courage to be able to bring things to the light. And, and you can't bring that to anybody, but bring it to a pastor. Bring it before a pastor's wife, a leader a teacher, one, one who fears the Lord. So that, that, that part of your life, when I acknowledge my sin to thee and my confession of my transgression to the Lord, he forgave my sin. Verse 6, For this shall everyone, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely, in the floods of great water, they shall not come nigh. Uh, these things are not going to, you know, that first drip of evidence that, that the devil's trying to come into your life, call him out as a liar. Call, confess that thing that this is not from God and this is not for me. You got wrong package, return back to hell. And I'm not taking no packages that, that have a sender's address that's coming from the pit of hell. You could send that right back to him. And, 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 and expose it, bring it to the light and, and, and call it out in a manner that's going to bring incredible healing. First um, John 5, verse 5, this is the message we've heard from the beginning and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. That's a beautiful, verse 1. We're reading... 1 John 1, 5, right? That's the message we've heard from him, that God is light and in him no darkness at all. One of the men that joined our church about 15 years ago, he says, listen, I have one thing that you constantly say in your church and I don't agree with it. And I said, what is it? He says that when I'm in sin, you're going to tell everybody. I said, of course. If we tell everybody, then everybody will know who you are. We don't have a secret pathway to the occult. We, we're not hiding people's sin. Whatever is going on in your life, 
Let everybody pray for you to be set free and to walk in the light. There's no darkness at all in God. Everything um, is expressed and found out right there in verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we're walking in darkness, we're lying. And we do not practice truth. We're not, we're not in two places at once. But verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we could connect with one another and the blood of Jesus is there to wash and cleanse us from any sin. There's no greater feeling in the world to be transparent and walk in the light. It sets you free. It gives you confidence. You don't have to be hiding and conniving. You could be out front with your countenance lifted high. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. There it is. There's a pathway of cleansing. If we confess our sins, we know the response we're going to have is he will be faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anything the devil is trying to stick on you, it's going to be repelled because you walk in the light and he can't get on you because you're not in darkness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. We know that the tendency for us to walk contrary to God is always there so that God has made sufficient provision for our sin. 1 John 2, verse 1, my little children, these things I write to you so that you sin not, so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate. God is here to defend us and to represent us before the Father. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. In that regards, verse 2, he is the propitiation, the propitiation for our sins. He's, he's available there to us, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Um, he, he is serious about cleaning, cleaning out the house. You be serious about walking in that manner. Um, and sometimes I see the world and, and they're overwhelmed by the weight of the sin that has overcome them, almost as if they have to give in to the devil's plan. And the devil's a liar. And, and he could only imitate um, and, and cause you to distort what God calls truth. So every area of my life that I see the devil trying to come in and pressure and deviate, and you guys know that, that for any, any sin that is upon the face of the planet, it has the possibility of being a contagion to us, a pathogen. Starts in the secret place, but we today are going to address that at that place and beat them there. Things still not revealed, not manifest, but the little cells that have the tendency to reproduce, to multiply, and then to become this huge tumor of ugly, abnormal, rebellious cells. Way before they, they develop, we, we have God um, bringing in an answer to us this morning. Let's stand on our feet and ask God, Lord, the things that, that are happening in a secret atmosphere where pathogens uh, grow, uh, where 
we are seeing the devil come in and throw wickedness. Matthew 13, 24, um, he talked about this in a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who is sowing good seeds in the field. And I have no doubt that the seeds that have been sown from this pulpit over 24 years have been world-changing seed producing world-changing fruit. But what happens, verse 25, when he had left, while the men slept, there came an enemy and sowed other seeds amongst the good seed and went away. So we need to be concerned about how the devil is throwing into our lives uh, the seeds that will not produce godly fruit. Uh, they're not going to lead to godly marriages and godly families, godly finances, a, an expression of ministry. Uh, all these things God is prepared to cultivate in our lives, but we need to address the spiritual pathogens uh, of things. Pride in your heart is destructive, deception, uh, living a double life, being double-minded, having uh, idols in your life that, that steal your attention and your time from God. All, all these things produce uh, a, an end result that's going to be very undesirable. So Father, today we thank you that we find ourselves in the house of God, with the people of God, listening to the word of God, and wanting to see your truth prevail. And you have spoken so much today that it would be our attention not to the outward superficial existence of who we are, but the inner thoughts of our hearts pondering, our children, the things that, that are confronted in secret places where many times these things are unaddressed, unrevealed, and they continue to bring forth ruin and rottenness in our depth. We pray that we wouldn't have the capacity to know confession is a benefit and is on our side as an instrument against wickedness, against darkness. That we could say, like David said in Psalm 51, my sin is always before me and you have been found right in your judgment that your word is right, and what I was thinking was wrong, that your truth prevailed in my life, and not my deception or the devil's deception or things that are contrary to your purpose. So, Father, we pray that you raise up a banner above your people that is love, and that that standard would be lifted up as the devil comes in like a flood against us. We pray that you would be victorious and that we might stand in triumph knowing, Lord, that we have walked in light and we have had everything. Like Jesus said, when they came to arrest him, the prince of this world has nothing on me. Lord, that the devil could never tag us in a secret place, that there would be the truth of your word standing strong there and that that would be our salvation. Bless your people. Prosper them this week, Lord. Give them peace and joy. Allow them to overcome their enemies and their challenges, Lord, and you be victorious in all these things. In Jesus' name we pray and all the people say amen, amen, and amen.